podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello, it's the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and Brad Pinard, James Jones, and Will Pugh of West Ham World. And in the notes I've got in front of me that the guys from West Ham World have very kindly prepared, the first line is simply, we're going to win the league. Now, I can't say I'm quite convinced on that front, but what you have done is signed a very, very good striker indeed. Well, that's all we needed, Johnny. As we spoke about last week, we're only one striker, perhaps two, if we get a backup one in, away from winning the league anyway, because our squad's so perfect. Isn't that right, James? Yeah, no, on paper it looks lovely. Um, and I think we saw earlier in the, in the first half against Man City in the Asia Trophy that you know we're up there to compete. I think, you know... It's taken four years for the board to deliver a £40 million striker uh, after they were trying to get Lacazette and Batshuayi 40 million quid. They, they told the world we had 40 million quid to spend on the striker. It's taken four years, but we finally got one. Um, no no one really knows who he is or what he does or how good he is. But If you yeah. go on Twitter, everyone knows who he is, apparently. Yeah, well, he's the world's best striker. <laughs> it's on the TV right now, record transfer, West Ham. Um, it's brilliant. Brad, how excited are you? Um. I mean, he played twice against Chelsea in the Europa League, which I watched. Um, very, very underwhelming in those two poor performances. But <laughs> his fellow striker, who's just joined Real Madrid for 80, 90 million, whatever it was. Who we were linked Luke, with in, in January, I think. Of course. Um, Luka Jovic. It seems like he was stealing the headlines. But, you know, West Ham fans have done their thing and worked out some stats where Haller was better than Jovic at this and this and this. So, you know, it, it's, he's clearly a good footballer. Um, the lack of competition to sign him is a little bit worrying. Yeah. Do you think it's, so? I mean, I was thinking this about Spurs this summer because we keep hearing that Tongi and Dombele is the best central midfielder since Zinedine Zidane, but they didn't have all that much competition when push came to shove. Does it mean that he's not that good or does it just mean that your club acted quickly? Well, we clearly didn't act quickly, did we? Because we, we had two or three options ahead of him in the pecking order but the turnaround from when you the first rumour that you were going for him this to time it being last confirmed week. that's yeah. pretty snappy yeah no no I, I agree we've, we've worked really well to get the deal done but um, and I'm not knocking the signing at all because we desperately need a player like him and from what I've seen on his lovely highlight reel on YouTube and things like that he looks like a fantastic striker so I'm excited uh, to see him play and you can I, always tell whether a player's good or not if he's got a highlight reel on YouTube I've, 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 I've got, got a one. cracking <laughs> I was about to say yeah. mine is if you search me and football on YouTube yeah. all you get is me hitting the crossbar perfectly in a crossbar challenge which is the most unrealistic representation of a footballer <laughs> I think there has ever been I must admit though the you're talking about the stats and it, it is funny because I was saying you go on Twitter earlier on and, you know, in the week when leading up to it and we're going to sign Haller and all of a sudden, every, just like it was with Maxi Gomez, all of a sudden everyone knows everything about him and everyone's a German football expert all of a sudden. But I did get a, uh, I did, I did get a nice little stat in earlier on. Sebastian Haller was directly... That's another thing we need to uh, establish as well is the pronunciation. It's I've heard about it's 15 it, so far. So, so I've, heard, uh, I've heard it's officially allure. Yeah, he is French. And John, would it not be? Would it be? I mean, he's going to imagine a lot of Cockneys in Stratford going, "Oh, 
is is Allure playing in, yeah. in, in the starting line? It's going to be Allah, isn't it? Yeah. Allah. Yeah. Or, or, or just Seb. Yeah. I mean, I've already <laughs> said it. Yeah. I've already said it's big Seb Allah. Yeah, but and sorry to Fine. interrupt myself there. Sebastian Heller was directly involved in 24 goals in the Bundesliga last season, 15 goals and nine assists, and the only striker with more in 2018-19 was Bayern Munich's Robin Lewandowski. Nice, like it. Love not that. bad, that is it. And it's also not just that this is a season that's come out of nowhere. If you look back at his goal record, it started at FC Utrecht. We first joined on loan, 11 in 17 on loan, then 30 in 65 there, 24 in 60 in the league for Eintracht. This is a one in two striker over the past few years. Yeah, we can't knock his stats. Um, it is a little bit weird that there's a lot of people, even sat around this table, that know their football. In, in brackets know their football <laughs> but I've not actually heard a lot about him so we'll wait and see I mean he could be a fantastic striker and I can't wait to see him Do you think it's because Brad of precisely the point you were making about Eintracht where there are other stars in that team Luka Jovic Antti Rebic who were stealing the headlines when actually Haller the kind of player he is he does score goals but a big part of it six foot three is winning flick-ons laying the ball off for other people that sort of player doesn't tend to get glorified on Twitter I couldn't agree more yeah that's that's a very good point and with the attacking midfield that West Ham have got this season with Lanzini four nails just come in Anderson you know you've got backup players such as Antonio Snodgrass Wilshere who could play a big feature this season. So, yeah, he could get the service that he really needs, probably arguably better than Eintracht. Well, this is an interesting point. So I've been having an argument with Love Sport's very own Martin Allen this week, and I've had to write a will before I did it. <laughs> I was say. Because he's getting very wound up with me. I was saying that I'm not convinced that a move from Eintracht Frankfurt to West Ham at the moment is a step up. Eintracht were very nearly in a Europa League final last year. Has he made the right move? I, I get that. They're in a you know, Europa League semi-final, absolutely fine. I think at the same time, the opportunity to play in the Premier League uh, and the opportunity to live in London, uh, which is always the pool that we've had. We've never really used that to our advantage, you know, as the amount of strikers we've signed, and we're going to go through that list a little bit later on. We've never been able to use that to our advantage, but Premier League, living in London... We've got a fantastic Olympic uh, uh, athletic stadium that we play in. And it's <laughs> you know it's it's well you know it's 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 an attractive proposition. And with Pellegrini in charge and Husserlos, and we've spoken about this in the past, that we have that pull now. We have that lure about us where you know it's it's an exciting time for a player to to perhaps sign up to the project down at West Ham. You know with you know with the likes of Anderson, Yarmolenko. Um, Declan Lanzini, as well, I think. Declan, you know, one of the most you know exciting young English prospects in the squad. Essie um, Diop, you know, chased by Man United this summer, and you know, we've managed to back them off. So, Fabianski was Player of the Year last season. Fabianski above all of them. Um, you know, if things exciting about the football club, we just need to now make it work on the pitch. And you know, the one thing we've lacked, okay. On out of it was scoring goals for us, and you know, but he only scored eleven goals every season. Uh, it, you know, in all competitions in the two seasons he had with us each, twenty two goals overall. And I think we've really lacked a, a goal scorer for I mean it's probably about twenty years, isn't it, really? But it's particularly in recent years where we've lacked a goal scorer that can actually lead us into that top seven or top six, you know. I'm not saying we're gonna do that this year under under Allure. Um <laughs> but 
we've now got someone there that has the ability to do that and I don't think we've ever had that before and I think Pellegrini's probably sold that to him going you could be the guy that can lead us to that next level we're trying to get there look at what we spent last year look at the players we brought in look at what we did last year transitional season let's go for it and they've, they've really sold it to him and we gave Chikorito Javier Hernandez a bit of a kicking on the show last week. Martin, no, no, Will gave him a kicking. Will will mm. be pleased to hear that Martin shares your view. He, what he said to me about Chikorito cannot be repeated on the radio. Well, we spoke to him last week, didn't we? And he said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not keen. But does this signing of Sebastian Halle? improve Chikorito's hopes for the season because you've got two options. He can come off the bench against a defence who are worn out from battling with a big bloke or he can play off the shoulder of a target man. <laughs> do you just really want Chicharito to do well this season, I don't you? I kind of want to wind Look, you up. It's a bit <laughs> both. I do worry for him, though, because we've had two friendlies so far and he's not started either of them, even though he got given the nine shirt and he's not started either. So maybe will you will you get your, your wish Honestly, I, I still, I still don't see it. Even the same. Like, I'm, I'm less annoyed this week. I must admit, I've had the week to simmer down. But, <laughs> <laughs> and signing it again last week, it looked like Chicharito was the only player we were going to have to put up front, despite the media departments um, putting the four midfielders in our attacking <laughs> section of the squad to China. But I think now we've signed Hauler as well. That's positive. I do still think we need some at least one other. If the club had been certain you were going to sp- spend 45 million quid on a new centre forward, would they have given Chikorito the nine shirt? We were always going to sign a big money striker this summer. There's zero doubt about it. Even if we waited till the deadline and signed Solomon Rondon for £45 million, pounds, we were always going to sign. <laughs> Despite his release clause. Yes, we, we would have tripled it. But I completely agree with what Will said. I don't want Hernandez starting too many Premier League games next season. I think he's a very good impact sub. And I think, especially Will playing, doesn't. <laughs> well, I think playing away from home when when you know you are chasing a goal or something. He proved last season when he came off the bench, he could do something off the bench. Yeah. There was there was a couple of games where we were really struggling, and he came in and got crucial goals. But he he can't lead the line the way West Ham play, unfortunately. I don't think. And it looks like Halla 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 dies. Seb. <laughs> um, I think he's going to be he's going to be a much better fit for what we, the way we play. I think. Um, can we have Brad back again? Because I was shouting that into the <laughs> abyss last week. Brad's always I? welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, also, I also like Arthur Masuaku, which has a gone King down. Arthur. Gone, Absolutely. Which went down well on the podcast as well. So, yeah. you know, I mean, both of them coming off the bench, perfect. <laughs> James, are you sure you want to keep doing this radio show? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to hand it over to you guys. <laughs> if I were you, James, I'd just, I'd just cut your losses. Not because you're not fantastic, but because every time you're here... Will tries to replace you. Every time you're not here, he starts referring to you as Deadwood. I don't know why you put up with it. Well, I mean, I'm off for the next couple of weeks after this as well, so <laughs> I try to think what's going to happen while I'm away. We could, we could move studios it. and not tell you yet. <laughs> the West Ham show, Arthur Masuaku version. <laughs> yeah, broadcasting live from Hyde Park. See you later. <laughs> There's also been talk about Zande Silva. There are opportunities nominally for him. Anything going to happen there now? That's not good enough. Well, I think he's been unwell. I think at the moment we've heard generally. that we've heard that he's suffering from an illness, which isn't a footballing-related illness. Okay, um, and as a result, he's not been playing for the development squad. We don't know anything more than that, um, which tells me that you know is that you know we we don't really know the extent of it, so it's very difficult to comment. But there was that feeling that you know he, he started, he came to the club. 
scored like four in three against uh, or for the development squad. And I thought, oh, this is a striker that could come through the ranks. But we've not had a striker come through the ranks for for many many years, have we? I mean, like even as far as Elliot Lee was like the next best thing for about mm. eight years. Freddie Sears. Freddie Sears, Sears came and through, and but he scored. He scored yeah. when he was sixteen and come off the bench against Blackburn. Tried to miss. Tried to miss. You know, it just it just doesn't happen at West Ham. You know, we we, we only develop defensive-minded players. Um, yeah, I, I can't. Jermaine Defoe. Well, that, well, he was probably he the was Charlton, wasn't he, really? Yeah. <laughs> Signed <laughs> him when he was 17. Yeah, we gave him his debut, so we'll take that. <laughs> but, yeah, it is hard to think of someone who's really pushed. I mean, we haven't, and, and before Declan, there was hardly anyone we'd, we'd pulled through yeah, anyway. There, there was now. a big lull of about seven or eight years in the academy, wasn't there? And... Even then, I think you know Zavon Hines was sort of floating about before. There's just Stanislas. Stanislas yeah. done a well under Zola, didn't he? But yeah. yeah, but even you say even well, it was just sort of average, wasn't 10 it? Ten games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but no, I'd, I, I just I feel really good about it, and obviously it's yet to be seen how you know what sort of impact he's going to have, how he's going to play. But I think, like you say, he's he's going to be a bit of an all rounder. But I think now, at least we're in a situation now where we've. We've made the big signing, and maybe we'll make two or three more. Hearing some bits, I think um, we will. I think we'll sign another striker. Yeah, I've, I've certainly another striker. But if then Hugo, even if Hugo goes to Preston, we we need to sign another striker. Mm. Yeah, I mean we're covering Hugo a bit later on anyway, aren't we? But the I, I heard today about Wanyama maybe from Spurs. If Obiang's going to go, which I hope he does, especially after the performance today, but it's a bit harsh to judge him on forty-five minutes in a pre-season game. But against Man City, yeah, that's it. But I, you know, I, I think at least now we're in a situation where we don't have to have make a mega signing anymore. No. Well, I know none of us are experts in West Ham's new man yet, but I just want to get guesses, really, rather than predictions from you. We're going to go round the table. How many goals is the £45 million man going to score this season? Brad, we'll start with you. Is it it's all competitions? No, this is Premier League. None of this all competitions rubbish. 11. 11? I was going to say, is that 45 million quid's worth? Maybe 10, actually. 17. (laughs) We're talking talking jumper numbers. (laughs) Trust me. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm going to go, unlucky for some, 13. Okay, and producer Charlie's going for 14. That sounds, uh, what number does it come value? Because, Brad, I reckon if I spend upwards of 40 million quid on a striker, and I respect you for not going, he costs 45 million quid, he signed for my club, he's Jesus. But, 11, 11 goals for 45 mil? I'm not sure about that. I'm I'm just basing it on West Ham's luck with strikers. <laughs> well, if honest. you base it on that, he's going to score two. Well, I mean, no, we've never signed a striker for 45 million pounds. We've never signed a striker for more than... Well, Arnautovic was, what, 22? 22 or something, yeah. And he was, he was basically a winger when we signed him anyway. So it's a really big step forward for the club. And I'm very excited for it, but I'm not going to get excited until I've actually seen him. To be honest, I didn't. When I said my 17, I didn't take into account the six month long injury he's going to get when he plays his first pre season <laughs> oh, you know game. I saw you reply to the guy that tweeted, and tweeted West Ham World that in the week, oh, he's going to get an ACL injury on his, on his debut. Don't say that. I didn't say like, that. Stop, did I? Yeah, but you, you went, oh, yeah, that be, oh, yeah, it's probably the sort of thing that would happen, mate. <laughs> like, no, stop it. Like, we, we've got bad luck as it is with strikers. Don't tempt it. Don't tempt it. Just enjoy the moment. We've we've spent a lot of money on a striker that's quite good, so we're told. No one really knows. Um, let's just enjoy the moment until he does get the injury in his in his first or second game. Let's just let's enjoy it. Well, you heard it here first. If Sebastian Halle does get injured, it's all Will Pugh's fault. <laughs>
This is Love Sport. We've been talking signing so far on the West Ham fan show, but there's also been a player leaving the club this week. Sam Byram turned up with a big name, big expectations, big rating really from Leeds as a young lad. It's not gone well and he's signed for Norwich for £750,000. Is this a case of missed opportunity, wasted potential? I have. I quite rate Sam Sam Byron very highly actually. Still. I think he's a I think he's a good fullback. He he can be a bit of a walking booking sometimes. Um when he first joined us, he, his first few games he was very good for us. Very, very good. And we thought we were on to a future England international there. But um it didn't work out for him. He he, he got suspended, he got bookings, he got he got injured and then eventually fell down a pecking order and went out on loan. But I, I think he's a Premier League defender. Genuinely, I do. And I think Norwich just signed a good player there. I always thought he looked a little bit underweight. That was I, I see what you mean. I, he, he had a tough start at West Ham. And as Brad said, you know, he, he had the suspensions. And I mean, I think when he, he joined us in the January, didn't he? And he'd already picked up nine bookings in that first half of the season for Leeds. And on his debut for us, he came off the bench <laughs> against City and predictably picked up a booking for fouling one of their rapid forwards. Um, and then suddenly he was suspended for two games, he had the 10 bookings, and then two games later he picked up an injury and he was out for two months. So it was a very stop-start beginning for him at West Ham, and by then, you know, it was it was very difficult for him to get back in the team, and then obviously with him removing stadium and then coming back, and then everything that happened at, at the beginning of you know our, our time at our current stadium, and it must have been very, very difficult for him to just really get a good run of games. I'm pretty sure he picked up... Uh, an injury for giving away a penalty, um, which again doesn't help your confidence, does it? You know, and I think it was just very difficult for him to really get any kind of consistency into his West Ham career. Um, and it's it's because when we signed him, he was like, you know, Leeds fans were bigging him up, you know, the press were bigging him up. This was the guy who beat Everton to his signature, and everyone was like, you know, West Ham have got a great signing here, and it just didn't work. So I wish him all the best, but we're rubbish at selling players. I mean, we are so um, rubbish at selling he players. Was, he was very excited about coming to West Ham because his a lot of his family are West Ham fans. He was he's from this area, uh, well, Essexy area, so he he sort of knew what he was getting into, and it was like the it was the career move for him. It, yeah, it was yeah. the big move, and the fact that it hasn't worked out is is quite disappointing. I'd quite have liked him to go on loan for another season to the Championship, play thirty games, thirty eight games. Yeah, because we. Other than, I mean, we've got Fredericks, who has not convinced everyone at the moment. I mean, he's very quick and he's good going forward. Zabaleta, this is his last year at the club. I mean, I don't think it would have been the worst thing in the world to send Byram out on loan, even on loan to Norwich this for a is season. Where, this is where he gets unlucky. Is that he goes out to Forest on loan and think, OK, a good club, good championship club in Forest, you know, a big club. They get, were shambles. Get, though, full, get 46 games. Well, I mean, he got injured in September for the rest of the season, and that was his season over. Mm-hmm. Um and again, that's just his bad luck. I mean, ever since he moved to the club, it's just been bad luck, which, which I'm really not surprised given that we've got a lot of bad luck as well. What are you saying there, Brad, though, about the having him to come in, if you like? But even for him, it, that would be a hard one to sell to him, wouldn't it? Because this season we know and it seems like Fredericks is going to be the number one and hopefully they'll, while Zabaleta's there for another year, they'll work on his defen- the defensive side of his game a lot more to hopefully make him, you know, the rounded, finished article that we're going to need for the next five years, for example. So selling that to Byron, that's really, so I'll go out and loan for another year um, and then in that time, Fredericks will have 
you know, he'll hopefully have pushed on and cemented his place as our number one right back. Zabaleta will be going, so then you can have his place on the bench when you come back next season. Yeah, it's a, very it's good a bit point. of a hard sell, isn't it? It's a good point. I mean, but I mean, he's going to Norwich, who have a youngster called Max Ahrens, who's one of the most exciting fullbacks in the country. He signed a five-year deal today, I think. Right. You yeah. know, he's he's going to be playing second fiddle to Max Ahrens this season at a sorry Norwich fans lesser Premier League club. Yeah. I mean. Are you not better off doing that at West Ham? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just a bit, little bit sad to see him go because I do think there is a very, very good player there. I think because he had a year left on his, so he, I know you were going to touch on it there, James, about how bad we are at selling players because you weren't too happy last week, were you, about the amount of money we get in for the players that we let go? But I think it was 750 grand is the amount that he's gone for. And I was, to be honest, I thought of you as soon as I saw the figure. I thought, oh, James is going to like that. That'd be funny. I'm no, livid. I haven't even got a million for him. I'm absolutely livid about it. He's got, he had a year left on his contract. I think he's 25 grand a week is about his um, sort of reported salary at the moment. I think club were just keen to get him off, off of the books. And they would have had that conversation with him, wouldn't they? Just saying, look, Sam, sorry, we've got uh, Fredericks and Zabaleta. We, we're going to go out to the market again next year. We're not interested in giving you another contract at the moment now. You know, seven hundred. If it was seven hundred fifty grand or one point two five, I mean, what would you really expect yeah. to get for him? Because he hasn't really or nothing done next summer. So that's it. You sort of, it's kind of like from the club's point of view on this one, you've got to. You know, I I would struggle to if I was trying to sell Byram to another club, I would struggle to you know provide. There's not enough you can provide and put up to these other the buying clubs to say no. This is why you should give us three million quid for him. I, I do get your point of view and I, I completely understand that but this isn't the first time West Ham have undersold a player um, and the thing that really annoys me is that you know, the club are very very quick to try and negotiate buying players mm. right, negotiate selling players as well I mean it, work, it, it works both ways but it's not just about once you get to the negotiation stage it's before that isn't it it's making sure that when you want to sell Sam Byron you're selling him because you want to sell him not because he's got a year left. It's keeping those contracts topped up. Yeah, I even mean, if he's not playing, I think it's modern I think, football that though, isn't it? It is modern football. And I Look think what's happening at Arsenal I, every I think week. The, well, don't take them as the. Example. I think no, we, were, we were quite unlucky in that you know he spent almost all of last season injured, um, and I think the club were hoping that he'd go away on loan um, and have a really solid season, either in uh, you know, either with a view of him coming back and fighting for a first team spot. Or having a solid enough season to get a few million quid for him in the transfer window, uh, and that didn't happen. And okay, that lowers his value a little bit, but less than a million quid. When was the last time a Premier League side sold a Premier League player to another Premier League team for less than a million pound? <laughs> well, like, like Brad's just said earlier, and I make him right. You know, this is a good footballer. Okay, he wasn't quite good enough, and he had bad luck. He wasn't quite good enough to play for West Ham, but he's good enough to still play in the Premier League. Otherwise, Norwich wouldn't have bought him. Right, Norwich will be laughing today they'll be absolutely laughing they've got a Premier League footballer for less than a million pound like this is in today's transfer window when you've got the likes of Harry Maguire potentially going to Man United for more than 80 million quid Lewis Dunk Lewis Dunk going for 45 million quid right and and there's us going oh you want our you want our our defender alright less than a million quid will do like come on where where was the negotiation there we've just gone we'll take what we can get like, come on! Right, two, two like, why are we so rubbish at this? <laughs> why are we so rubbish? No, two, two questions. Two questions. First of all, how much would you have been happy with? I would have taken two million quid. Right, two million quid. Second question then: 
if West Ham had signed a player who was injured for all of last season, completely and utterly unproven at Premier League level, with a little bit of a disciplinary problem as well as an injury problem and we'd has he got a disciplinary problem it's not as if he's going at clubbing all night he's been injured he's got his feet up I mean yellow cards I don't mean like going out (laughs) he's in faces every week he probably was that's why he's got two million quid right two million West Ham have gone out and signed a player for two million quid who with the exact same record as Sam Byram you'd still be spitting feathers wouldn't you Uh, to be fair I mean we've got previous that as well but the trouble is we're not spending two million pounds on those players we're spending 25 in a nice place by Andy Carroll so I mean we've got previous in that I don't um, think it's quite fair on Andy Carroll and I'm normally the quickest to have a I go I love Andy Carroll I won't have a bad word said about him but he's always injured yes but I think to compare him with Sam Byron is possibly <laughs> a little harsh yeah but I'm just I'm just going off on what Will just said you know if there's a player was injured all the time and we spent two million quid on him <laughs> would you you'd be spitting feathers well we spent more on that on a player that was injured all the time um Jack Wilshere is one of them. I know we didn't buy him, but we're giving him enough money and wages. So um, no, I'm just I'm just really annoyed about it, really, because you know we, we, we're all, we're very very quick as a football club to tell everyone, the world and his wife, how much money we've got to spend on players. But then when it comes to selling them, we're just going, oh, we'll just take what we can get. That's the old West Ham, like, James. Like negotiate, please negotiate. David Sullivan loves a negotiation, but it's never when it's selling footballers. Like we only got twenty-two million quid or whatever it was for Arnautovic. Why? No, we've had it. No, we done this last week, didn't we? Be- Why? Why? Because he's a got, bad egg. We only got twenty-four million for Dimitri Payet. Why? Bad egg. Thirty years of age. Didn't want to be at the club. The buying club knew that. Okay. Okay. I raise you, I raise you. We only got 10 million quid for Ed- Edmilson Fernandez. Why? I'm surprised we got 10 quid for him. Yeah, I must win. admit, though, you it is it, it, half nice you being the angry one. I'm coming to the studio in quite a good mood. Oh, I'm, I'm happy, on I'm happy until, you, until you just reminded me how much we sold Sam Barham for. It's really annoyed me. It has annoyed me. Well, there's another potential exit coming up in the form of Jordan Hugill. Was the club just wrong to sign him in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were. We were. It was great, great signing. Great signing. Brilliant. He's played. They've had uh, a lot of pressure yeah. to get yeah. three times. Scored no goals. I mean, do you want to repeat the question? Were West Ham <laughs> wrong to sign the superb Jordan Hugill? David Moyes, the former Preston manager, signed David uh, Jordan Hugo, right? Is the former correct? Preston player, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. it stinks to me, it, to be it, honest. It was as if on that, because the club were under pressure to sign a striker on that, on that, that, in that transfer window, and they got to deadline day, they still didn't sign one. Okay, who did we sign? Who did we sign? David Moyes gone. My old club's got a striker. <laughs> I know, just the man. Most clubs have a striker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, clubs got a Preston have got a striker. To be, he scored quite a few goals in the championship. That means he scored 10. Okay, we'll give you 10 million. Million a goal. And so then, why not? To and be fair to to Jordan Hugill, he was having a good season until he joined West Ham. Yeah. He was having a career best season until he joined West Ham. But he knew he wasn't going to play for West Ham when he joined. You know, he, he knew he wasn't going to play and he was very quickly farmed out on loan last season. And he didn't do anything in the championship for Borough. So, I mean, it's, it's just a terrible, terrible signing. I, I do feel sorry for him. I mean, I just feel sorry for him because he clearly loves bubbles, yeah. as we know. He proved that. Big fan of bubbles. I mean, and anyone that loves bubbles is, is a good friend of mine. 100%. Um, very excited about bubbles. Have you seen the video? You've seen the video. Um, Will, you love it. No, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Class, so, I feel sorry for him, but he needs to go back to the championship. The- 
Sorry, Johnny, there's some um <clears throat> when you he was forty grand a week as well. He's that earning much? at the club. Forty thousand pounds a week. Yeah. And, Almost and, as much and you as you were annoyed about Sam Byron's twenty five grand a week. <laughs> <laughs> and we're rubbish at giving out contracts, aren't we? We're rubbish at that. But the thing is, it, I mean he didn't I I don't know if it literally was just because he was so bad in training it wasn't even worth giving him a chance. But you know, you touched it there. He's played three games. Not one of those games he played for more than fifteen minutes in. I'm assuming it was just because he was that bad in training. It just wasn't worth even having him in the squad. How long was the contract? Because if he is on forty grand a week, if I'm Jordan Hugill, there's a part of me. No disrespect. I'm sure Jordan Hugill is a better man than I am. So cares about playing football. But I'd be looking around, going forty grand a week. Mm, let's call it a loan. Let's Sound, just call it a loan. Sounds like. Sounds like Preston might come back in for him this summer, and it would be hard for him to go back to to turn down going back to Preston. You know, they might only pay him half of what we're paying him. I would find it quite easy to turn down going to Preston. Yeah, but he's a professional footballer who's yeah, been paid no, a lot of money enough. for well, the last eighteen months. I think he's okay. Just a just a little couple of bits on that, just to sum it up quickly. So, twenty seven years of age, forty grand a week. And based on the 76 weeks he was at West Ham for, he's raked in a total of £3.04 million. Quick maths. Which, yep, equates to £86,857.14 per Premier League minute of, or per minute of Premier League football. At West Ham also paid £10 million. It looks like we're going to get about three back for him. So overall, the value for money rating was fairly low. Listen, this is a classic <coughs> flop. It's a terrible signing. But equally, isn't this the kind of signing that we're always calling for Premier League clubs to make? Trying to find that gem, playing at the lower level, finding the next James Madison, possibly going even lower, finding the next Vardy. Is it worth that risk? We've, we've got previous in, in doing business in, in the Championship. You know, Chriswell, we bought from Ipswich. Antonio bought from Forrest. Um, I mean, as we've already said, like Byron from Leeds was, was supposed to be that guy, but he had sort of a bit of bad luck with suspensions and injuries. Um, and there, you know, and there were so many other clubs. You know, Tottenham got Deli Ali from MK Dons for for what is literally peanuts. Five mil, isn't it? Um, and so there are, you know, there are situations where you can get these players in uh, and bring them up from from the lower leagues and, and turn them into Premier League footballers. But but they're judging that on more than just six months of football. Aren't yeah, they? we've judged yeah. Jordan Hugo purely on that one. But the, the thing six with Jordan Hugo is that we signed him purely because the fans wanted the club to deliver a strike on that deadline day and that I mean I don't care what anyone says that's the that's the god honest truth of it like they couldn't deliver a strike of that January and I'm not surprised because January is such a difficult window to work in we've turned up at Preston and gone we'll give you 10 million quid for your striker Preston have bitten around off and we've ended up signing this guy all the players Without- all the players that were just named there who have done really well in the Premier Leagues coming from the Football League they've been scouted for a year yeah. six and, months to a year and we, they were signed for a hell of a lot less two than games. Were, yeah exactly and they, they might even look at their who scored profile and just gone <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, yeah. he's, oh he's got a good goal, you know, goal yeah. to game ratio um, and all the other players that are, have signed from the championship to Premier League come, are coming for a, a lot less was it Creswell was 4 million yeah. I think Dele Antonio was, was 7 Delaney was 5 um, Byron was 4 million at the time so and we've gone in and gone Hugo 10, 10 mil. It's just a little bit much. Um, and I just feel a little bit sorry for him because he was put under a lot of pressure very unnecessarily for me. Just an interesting one quickly, though. It was only the, the general narrative was that he was leaving. But this morning, just from a couple of lower key sources, um, apparently Hugo was turned down the move because it was Wigan who'd agreed a deal for three mil, I think. Preston were willing to go to four. And he's turned down the move 
to Wigan certainly because they were only offering him between 18 and 20 grand and he's on around 40 at the moment and understandably he's like no thanks West Ham were said to they were apparently going to offer him some of the fee the 3 million that they got to him in an attempt to top up his wages but at least get him off the wage bill for the next couple of forever and apparently he's turned that down so there's still every chance that he still could be at the club next season There's another problem I've got with West Ham doing negotiations like we've signed this guy didn't really want him but we had to sign him because the fans were desperate for a striker and giving him 40 grand a week now we can't offload him like, what are you doing are you alright I'm just a messenger James sorry <laughs> just I think John Hugill will be a Preston player in the next week well I there think, is I a bit of optimism go. and coming yeah. up on the West Ham <laughs> fan show we're all going to give James Jones a hug <laughs> this is Love Sport it's the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, and it's time for your Legend of the Week. We've got a bit of a scrap emerging this week, because Brad wants one legend, Will wants another, and James Jones is, as ever, going to be the man making the calls. Guys, who are we going for? Well, I my basis of mine, I just so everyone knows, mine was for Carlton Cole. Because we obviously the strike the talk is of strikers this week, and Sebastian Haller became the 39th West striker that West Ham have signed since David Gold and David Sullivan took over, and we, we're going to cover a few of the more random and obscure names later on. But one name on that list is Carlton Cole, and as James mentioned, he just popped up randomly in China earlier on when all the players were arriving and no one expected to see him. And I think for if ever there was a legend and a man who represented what it is to play for and support West Ham United, it is Carlton Cole. I couldn't disagree with that. I think he sums up the football club quite well. Can we just take a moment, though, to recognise how terrifying it would be to get off a plane and just see Carlton Cole? Oh, that, oh, would, that would be terrifying. I'd love it. Hi, Carlton. I mean, what are I, you doing I, here? I'd, I'd melt there and then. I'd, I'd get back on the plane. <laughs> Why? Brad, Brad, Why are you not having him? So my, my legend would be Dean Ashton because I think we've just signed a player who who Dean Ashton could have been a few years ago. Cause so we signed Dean from Norwich. And I remember we played Norwich in the FA Cup a week before we signed Dean Ashton and there was rumours that we were going to sign him. But we'd, he didn't play in the FA Cup game that we played against them. And everyone was like, oh, he's definitely going to sign for West Ham. We got to the FA Cup final that year, and Dean Ashton scored in the FA Cup final that year. So I just think, you know, what could have been for Dean Ashton? Before that injury yeah, that was caused yeah. by, was it Sean Wright Phillips? Yeah. In England training where he, he suffered that horrific injury, and I think West Ham was still trying to get compensation from the FA for that. <laughs> uh, but... I think Dean I think Ashton, Sheffield United want some kind of compensation yeah, as well, don't they? Yeah, probably. Twenty five percent on every deal we do now goes to Sheffield United. So, yeah, uh, yeah. blame Tevez. But um, apparently, we're still paying Ravel Morrison's wages for Sheffield United. I think yeah, yeah, so. yeah. just to say sorry, yeah, just to say sorry to them. But no, I think Dean Ashton could have been the striker that we've just signed for forty five million pounds. Just, I mean, not that it should really impact on Dean's career at West Ham, but I, you, the England training session, he did play, didn't he, against Trinidad and Tobago? I think it might. Have been was that in the 2006 World Cup? No, 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 friendly, no. See, the friendly. only the only appearance he made was the friendly, wasn't it? And forgive me, that might actually be wrong, but it was an obs- completely obscure nation. I think he got about 45 minutes, and he was abhorrent. But <laughs> I, I think not just bad, <laughs> abhorrent. No, he was. So Colton Cole was better for England, was he? Well, he would he would have been. <laughs> he would have been, wouldn't thing, he? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> he definitely would have been. 
I've never heard a footballer described as abhorrent in the past. He was abhorrent, and that's why, apparently, he's your legend of the week. And talking of abhorrent, it went well earlier, didn't it? You took on Man City in the Premier League Asia Cup, and Man City, well, they were Man City. Fitness exercise, nothing more, nothing less. Mm. No, no injuries. Um, Full sense of security for the first game of the season. Absolutely. Four-one spanking. You know, and I was saying to Brad, Brad this, uh, this earlier before before the show, um, and I'm pretty sure it's the, it's our best defeat to Man City. In an Olympic in, in an Olympic stadium era <laughs> for about four or five years. Yeah. Well, that's a stat um, because yeah. I'm pretty sure they've battered us like five or six nil every time they've rocked up at London Stadium. They love, like, they love running tracks. They love running tracks. They love running tracks. Um we don't quite clearly. Last year last year we were beginning to get used to them a little bit. And I'm pretty sure it's our it's our best defeat to City in an Olympic stadium with a running track for four years. You know what? I, I and said, I think that, that that's progress. Yep. We keep talking about progress under Pellegrini and Husserlos and all these great signs. That's progress for me. <laughs> now, th- this is the this is the best team in England. Technically, one probably one of the best teams in Europe, and we're making progress slowly but surely. That is a sign of a time big of, team, isn't it? By the time of 2030, we'll be beating them in an Olympic stadium. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I, I watched sat and watched the game earlier on, and the first half we were really good. We des- I mean, you texted me midway through, James, didn't you? Telling me you'd had a fiver on us to be winning at half time, yeah, and after I'd stopped laughing. <laughs> Mark Noble, about five minutes after I stopped laughing, Mark Noble steps up, slots the penalty home. We should have had another blatant one about 10 minutes later when Fredericks went down under a challenge. And then Yarmolenko hits the post as well. So there's three goals we should have scored. Manchester City win the softest penalty the world has ever seen. And I still can't wait for VAR, by the way. And, you know, so it was basically three all in the game. And I, I honestly, in the first half, we played really well, really conducted ourselves well and put it put the game to them a bit albeit they had a lot of their young players out and we had to basically be our first team we played well against the youth team and then buckled against their first team no but then in the second half we brought on Sanchez and Obiang in the middle Cresswell came on at left back that Ben Johnson as well did really well at left back in the first half didn't look out of place at all so there's certainly promising signs from the first half but like you say they were going to rock up at the London Stadium on the first game of the season thinking ah this lot are easy we'll steamroll of these and then we're going to win 2-0 yeah, I mean, I love their, that. I love their, that. Their, their sort of third string team beat us two one at half time, and it was arguably <laughs> our full strength eleven at the start. It, it, it was pretty much so. Was, yeah. You know, that's without even, even though even though I think the scoreline. I mean, I don't want to get too involved in a preseason friendly, but it did flatter them a little bit. Two mm. one at half time. Yeah, but yeah, second half. I mean, they. I mean, we couldn't deal with the pace of Sterling at all at the back. I mean, that was that was a main worry for me. Is that. We looked very slow at the back, especially when Fredericks wasn't there. I think we looked we looked really slow. Mm. It was really good to see Winston Reid come back on as well. Yeah. He, he came back on the second half. Absolutely and rattled someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. just scraped his studs down someone's <laughs> leg. And then friendly, straight two in. minutes later, was out of position <laughs> so, for when they so scored. So excited to be there. <laughs> but one thing that really blew my mind, James, is that Chicharito came on the second half and it was all he didn't score at all. Didn't so, uh, I, attack look blunted? It was utterly bizarre. I feel sorry for my little P. Because he's been given the number nine shirt, he's been he's been promised, you know, that he's going to be playing an important role at the club, and, and still still no and, respect. And he, he, still no respect from Will Pugh, which I mean, <laughs> if I was little P, I'd be absolutely livid with. But you know, we'll find out <laughs> later on in the season whether he whether he's upset. He's going to ring in. I'm just I'm just a little bit annoyed that giving him a number nine shirt, promised all this, you know, are oh, you going to be you know, an important role, and he's not started a pre-season game for us yet. He must be livid, and then we go and. 
spend £45 million on a striker. I, I just... What more can the young man do? I've, <laughs> Be I'm, good. I very much doubt that he's been... <laughs> Be good. I very much doubt that he's been, he's been promised... Uh, a vital role in he our team. Hasn't. He's he been given a shirt. That's all. That's what's happened. Yeah, but and he's been given the number nine honest, shirt, which is only Carroll's shirt. And you know, you no, have so exactly. He's <laughs> going to be great. Those boots. It's going to be great. Well, I think we'll end by just imagining a Will Pew team talk. Really, all right, Gaffer. What do you need from me in the second half? Right, you go out there and be good. <laughs> this is Love Sport. The West Ham fan show here on Love Sport Radio and the Hammers have signed a striker. That's a sentence we've said quite a lot in the last 20 years and not all of them have been quite as impressive as Sebastian Haller. Well, we don't know yet, do we? I'm just tempting fate. <laughs> I've heard he's going to get injured in the first game as well. So, so what it, yeah, we were touching it a little bit earlier on and Sebastian Haller has become the 39th striker West Ham have signed under the era of David Gold and David Sullivan. And there is some controversy in the studio because... It's not controversy, James, is it? Well, I mean, it's controversy at the moment Incorrect until James stats. shouts at me. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, on, on the list that um, we come in with today, there's uh, Pablo Barrera is on there. And granted, I would say that he is predominantly a winger. But, you know, a forward, perhaps, just about. And also, you're not happy... With two names on, or you're not happy with a lot of the names on here, James, but Terry Dixon in particular, zero goals, zero games. And is there Sean Maguire, zero goals, yeah, zero games? I'm a little bit, I mean, everyone, I mean, this stat's been going around for a couple of years because every year we sign a strike, he doesn't do very well. So they just keep topping the numbers up a little bit. Um, and a few years ago, they had Paul McCallum on there, um, which who, who was a youth player that was a midfielder. And they just whacked him up. Oh, he's, he must have been a striker. But I've got a problem with this stat because, okay, fair enough, we've got really bad luck with strikers. But half most of the players on this list didn't play for the first team. So how can then you... No, well, they, when you say they were better... Yeah, but, yeah, but if, if you're buying a 17-year-old... No, right, no, no. But when and you... he's going straight into the development squad, which we... I mean, we've done that with Zande Silva, we've done that with Tony Martinez. Why haven't they got Tony Martinez in on, on, on here, actually? Because he is on there. Is he? he? Number 30. Okay, number 30, <laughs> right. Z- zero okay. goals, three games. Yeah, I mean, like... Is this all we're, Premier League? We're, we're buying youngsters, and then we're being we're being basically everyone's going. Oh yeah, you bought that youngster when he was fifteen. He didn't play with the first team. Didn't score a goal. We'll add that to the list. But That's my a biggest fair defence. But only five of the fifty haven't played for okay, the first well, team. Terry Dixon, right? I'm pretty sure that was my plumber. Right? <laughs> Sounds like a plumber. He's not a footballer. Uh, I, I don't even know. Massive respect know. to all plumbers out there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it just he has he has that only name where. Okay, hang on. He has that he has that name where it's it's the least footballers like name ever. It is. Uh, He's definitely just, a painter. So the I mean, he was yeah. never going to play for West Ham. He was never going to play for West Ham. Um, Oladipo Afalayan, like still in the youth team. Never heard of him. Hasn't even been promoted to the first team yet. He might go on what and score signing. fifty goals for West Ham <laughs> over the course of about fifteen years, but. Come on. Right, okay, Give okay. us a break. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm going to come back at you then. So of those four or five names you picked out then, even if, so we'll discount them, say say we'll knock six off the list. We've still signed 32 strikers since yep. Golden Sullivan come in, which is still a lot. Yep. And I give you Benny McCarthy, 13 games, zero goals. Mido, nine games, zero goals. 
absolutely. Are you exclusively extra- naming Africans? Extraordinary. No, yeah. I'm not. Uh, well, it was who have you asked? Mladen Petric. That was a name that. Good player. That was a, I'd have raised from my mind. But this is was a good, good point. Was good right? at Fulham. Well, that's the thing. Oh, Those three guys have all actually had success to an extent in their careers. Benny McCarthy was class for a bit for Blackburn. Champions League winner. A lot of these players are signed on like six month contract as well. But they're signed on like they're signed like you're gonna be third choice striker, we need you if you're gonna be backup. So to say, oh, they've not done their job is like is a little bit cheap, isn't so it? Brian Montenegro. He played he played <laughs> in an FA Cup game. He came on for like ten minutes against Coventry in an FA Cup game about eight years ago. And he's like, Oh yeah, you had really bad luck with signing strikers. No, like, oh, Come on. No, there's still plenty on here. Jonathan Calieri, nineteen games, one goal. Ashley he was Fletcher. Rubbish. Ashley Fletcher, twenty games, one goal. Rubbish, Simeo, but nice Ash- guy. Ashley Fletcher though, we so we bought him for well, we got him from like a compensation package. We then sold him for like eight million to what Middlesbrough. Is that? You've been in an accident. Contact us, and we'll give you Ashley <laughs> Fletcher. PPI. Yeah. But no, we, <laughs> to signed, be fair, we signed him on a youth deal. We sold him to Barrow and then for we eight sold him for eight million. So we've That's made the one time we've been good at selling on a players player who's done nothing for us. So is no, that not is that not well done, West Ham? No, no always. Well, the, no, but the point here is is the the curse of the strikers in Claret Blue, isn't it? Zaza, Nene, eight eight games, zero Wasn't goals. Wasn't striker. Marco Borriello, he was Nene, awful. Nene, number 10. Wasn't if Borriello about 55 when you signed him? That's why his hamstring um, uh, snapped on his first game for us, and yeah. that's why he never played for us again. But regardless of all of these points that are being hurled at me from all sides of the studio, you're not telling me that West Ham have had good luck with strikers. You, okay. you can find, if you pick it. on each individual one, then you can probably find something on each one. If but you, ta- if on you take, whole, off, take off the three and put the two, so it's 28. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, even 28, though. I mean, there's still loads that. of them are still we, we, rubbish. We say all this, and someone tweeted earlier, and I'll, I'll make them right, actually, that no, everyone goes, oh, yeah, we, we may have finally ended the curse, the West Ham striker curse and all that. But last year, we had uh, Arnautovic, Hernandez, and, and Lucas Perez. Carroll. Uh, can you count him? Hugo. Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> he was on loan. So don't wait, count. wait, wait, wait. We've got um, Oladapo. Afoyan as well. Oh yeah, no, he was there. I've got to count him as well, uh, even though he's never played for us. Um, but those strikers, I think they contributed about twenty-five goals between the three of them. Is that a strike? Is that a striker curse? With three strikers that scored twenty-five goals between them in one season, one season. That's for me. The curse ended a couple of years ago when we were bringing in Zalzar and Caleri no, I don't, I... and Alad. Dapo Afalayan player. Now I did. <laughs> I think last season it wasn't too bad. Arnautovic was a huge part of that for me because and even the Perez Perez was a strange one. He, he bagged two in one game, didn't he? And of his six, I think he got in total. Yeah, nineteen games, six goals for Luke Perez. Bad ratio for a bit oh, part. Should have kept him. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, honestly, I just think we there's whether you look at the individual hmm. players or not. Enna Valencia was another one. 72 games, 10 goals. Scored an absolute ping on his debut. Yeah, yeah, but but that's what I mean. Like you're, you're 72 <laughs> games for a striker yeah. and you've got one and, in seven. He but like, he never, again, I don't, want to, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but he never actually played as a number nine centre yeah, forward. Yeah, no, he was signed as more as but an inside must, forward. Hang on, sorry, yeah. but so someone must have been. Defra Sacco, who... Was our last good centre forward before and out of it. So he was the one who played up front, and then Enna Valencia played off of him, didn't he? So <laughs> he's an inside you know. forward, wasn't he? Um, honestly, Diafrasacco and Arnautovic were our last two strikers where you'd have them back at their prime. No, Madibo Maiga. He's got star. a great goal at White Hart Lane. Goal at Spurs. Yeah. That's it. So I mean, I mean, that's my next question for you guys: is that 
this long list of uh, strikers and midfielders that we've got, who's your favourite? And you can't pick Carlton Cole. Well, as in fa- favourite because I actually Arnavich, like him. Because Arn Outrich doesn't count anymore. Favourite because we actually like him and think they're good or favourite because it made me absolutely crease when I read this list. Because if it's the latter, Wellington Paulista <laughs> was definitely my favourite name yeah. that I read yeah. off that list. Yeah. Benny McCarthy. I used to love Is watching Benny McCarthy. Yeah, what, at West Ham? No, obviously not. <laughs> Mine's probably Oladepo F-I-I-N. <laughs> Just to wind you up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my favourite... Is uh, on a serious note, Ricardo Vazte for that yeah, goal. Again, for not the goal, a striker. For the again, not a striker, more of an inside forward. He's a winger. Um, but then, I don't know. I mean, Zarate Zer- was good fun. Yeah. Away at Palace, got a lovely goal. Yeah, yeah and at Arsenal. Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Absolutely smashing it at Boca Juniors now as well, Zarate. Finally coming to his own. Good luck to him. Finally. Denver Bar, he was, he was decent, wasn't he? Yeah. Seven goals in 13 games. Would, would have had legend status if he kept us up, but he didn't. Yeah, that was certainly wasn't his fault, was it? He they, he was a far better player in an Who's awful your worst? team. Who's your worst out of the lot? Uh, most frustrating one. Mm, well, I don't know. Cause some of them are just funny, like Nikita Yelovich. I remember him coming. He was just absolutely terrible. But he had an, an extraordinary record at Rangers of only ever scoring with his first touch. It was something like forty nine consecutive goals. Go on, James. Who's your worst one on there? My worst one, um, and it's got it's because it's the only goal I'll ever remember him scoring for West Ham is uh, Freddie Pickion. Oh, because oh no, we were in the championship. Him. We were in the championship. And we were away at Coventry, and he scored a Score goal where, where he, he fell out. He, he, he stacked it, and he fell over in the area, and, and the ball came to him, and he kind of fell over the ball, and he still scored. Yeah. It was the flukiest goal you'll ever score in your life. He didn't even mean it, and he ran off as if he'd scored a pink, like he scored a top Love bins. That. That that game? I've got yeah, so like much respect for him for that, but at the same time, just no, mate. I think at the point at which you're looking back on Freddie Pickion as one of your great memories of a West Ham striker, you've probably got a problem, but you've spent 45 million quid on Sebastian Haller. Can he be the man to properly end the curse? Join us next week. We'll be previewing the season. See you then. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.